Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive into some great music. But first, a warning. This episode contains jazz. Some say it wouldn't be Christmas without a bit of ballet, and in particular, without a bit of Nutcracker. My daughter Vanessa and I covered Nutcracker on Cacophony back in July. Why wait till Christmas? And you can hear that if you go back to episode 50. And all that means I've been able to keep this in my back pocket for now. It's the Duke Ellington Orchestra giving it the jazz treatment. This was released as an album in 1960, and it gave credit to three names with equal billing. Ellington, Strayhorn, Tchaikovsky. Duke Ellington is one of the towering figures of American music. Maybe needs very little introduction. His real name was Edward, but he was called Duke from a young age. Ellington put that down to his friend Edgar McEntry. I think he felt that in order for me to be eligible for his constant companionship, I should have a title. So he called me Duke. But the key character in this story is Billy Strayhorn. In 1938, Billy, as an impoverished pianist and composer, borrowed the money for the subway ticket uptown, and then wandered backstage at an Ellington gig sat down at the piano, played to Ellington what Ellington had just played on stage, perfectly, and then played it again, as he, Strayhorn, would have played it. And Ellington liked that, and had been working with Ellington pretty much ever since, as composer, arranger, writing his own stuff, and deputising for Ellington in rehearsals, and sometimes as pianist on stage, if Ellington got up to conduct. There was no contract, No agreed terms, no job description. Ellington paid him well, plus money for the rent and for food and for Strayhorn's famously extravagant wardrobe. Strayhorn totally absorbed Ellington's musical style, such that you don't know what's Ellington and what's Strayhorn, and it's only after their deaths that it's really becoming clear who wrote what. Their arrangement was one where, as Ellington said, Strayhorn does the work and Ellington gets the bows. And then after Strayhorn had died, Ellington put it like this. Billy Strayhorn was my right arm, my left arm, and all the eyes in the back of my head. My brain waves were in his head, and his in mine. Strayhorn's biographer, David Haydu, suggests there may have been a degree of racism at play in Strayhorn's needing to remain in the background. The mainstream press, or white press, he says, was willing to recognise Ellington as a genius, to begin to see jazz as America's great musical contribution to world arts. But they couldn't quite accommodate two black geniuses. One was all they were going to allow. After 20 years or so of this arrangement, Strayhorn had had enough. He left and spent some time in Paris, before their relationship was rekindled under revised terms. The Nutcracker Project was the first where Strayhorn got proper credit and equal billing. And these arrangements are Strayhorns. But it's hard to know whose the idea was. The notes on the original album say that Ellington met Tchaikovsky in a hotel in Vegas. Which they couldn't have done, Tchaikovsky being dead before Ellington was born. Although he did tour in America. Maybe the meeting was a spiritual one. In any case, the resulting Nutcracker is so very good. There's so much going on. At the same time, it's a homage 
keeping with the spirit of Tchaikovsky's classic famous tunes, and it takes things in new and exciting directions. When he was starting out in the business, Ellington went every afternoon to the movie theatres on Broadway, because they all had a full symphony orchestra in the pit. And then in the evening, he said he'd try to conjure the full orchestral sound with his, at the time, five-piece band, and he'd always fail. Strayhorn was classically trained, having only discovered jazz once he'd found out how hard it was to make his way as a black classical artist at that time. And his skills and brilliant ear really enable him to make the Ellington Band, 16-piece band here, sound absolutely huge. Their Nutcracker Suite is a playful reinvention, and nothing is left untouched. The order of the movements is changed, and we have new titles even. The dance of the reed pipes becomes toot toot tooty toot. The sugar plum fairy is now sugar rum cherry, and there are lots of biscuit, or rather cookie, allusions littered around. I'm no jazz expert, far from it. It's one of those things where I like the sound it makes, and I can tell if something is really good, or really hard, but I can't always tell you why. So this episode is really just me saying, this is really hard and really good, and I absolutely love it. From the opening of the overture, with its suave and sophisticated trombones, there's a great sound and plenty of swagger. Then there's a saxophone solo, and you might think that we're in for a, yeah, nice, jazz arrangement, which you can let sit in the background of your Christmas meal. And you can do that. I'd recommend you do do that. But this will really reward attentive listening, because there are so many things to pick out and enjoy and delight you. I've been listening to this a lot, and each time, as with all great and complex music, I hear new and different things. Just listen to the way the band leads back to the tune after that sax solo. And then there's a really cool trombone solo with a mute, a lovely melodious singing trumpet, and this tight oh-so-together ensemble. And we've got loads to enjoy, and we're only three minutes in. The whole thing is huge fun, packed with wonderful solos as you'd expect, but also crunchy harmonies, constant invention and different colours. I really love the experimental sounds at the edges, the spiky and high clarinets, the clitter-clatter of percussion that makes it sound like they're in a typing pool in the movement chinoiserie. This movement is almost barely held together. It's a brilliantly fragmented, almost deconstruction rather than arrangement of Tchaikovsky's music. The waltz now named The Dance of the Floridors, gives us the big band finale that we might expect, but it's not the end. The suite finishes in the strange, mysterious, latin fueled and dusty atmosphere of the arabesque cookie. It's got this amazing momentum to it, like one of those epically long North American trains, or a juggernaut on a straight, empty highway. I think there's something about this finish that elevates this above mere big band jazz maybe even elevates it above the original Tchaikovsky. I love it. There's no big finish. That juggernaut, or train, just passes by us and heads off into the distance on its own inevitable way. So it's great stuff, and in the generous spirit of Christmas, we find room on Cacophony for not one composer genius, but three in this episode. Happy listening. Click on the show notes to get to the music, and then come back to cacophonyonline.com to comment and tell us what you think. Please subscribe to the podcast, and be sure to share Cacophony with all your friends.
come back for more next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>